Well, I am rather busy. Now he's going to move like right along to McGregor. That's his whole life. You know. All right. So I don't know if it's because you gave me expectations about objects in space or because it actually was legitimately terrible, but no, um, it's legitimately terrible. Yeah. This was not a good way for the show to go out. I liked this episode a little better than how I remembered it. But like, well, if, if we have a scale of zero to a thousand, I thought it was a 12 and it's really more like a 17. Up to a thousand. That's, I that's don't an, like this episode. That's an interesting scale. Well, the the main okay. of course the, the main reason why of course the episode doesn't work is because the the character of the bounty hunter is straight out of cliched he is sociopathic. Not, he's not a character so much as a way for Joss Whedon to talk about his theories of existentialism, if you know what I mean. I, I do know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, like there are moments when he's actually, you know, he but no, he he feels like somebody reading lines that were written. Yes, I mean, I think the actor does does a good job with the material that he's given. It's just terrible that the material is not that interesting yeah. or engaging. And it does feel like, I mean, it, it feels very lazy in a way that the show hasn't felt lazy, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It's, yeah. it's one of those episodes where the character of uh, Jubal Early, yep. which, you know, let's have a weird name because it's space, I guess, <laughs> is... I know, and like the rest of the show doesn't really have, you know, has plenty of weird names, but Names that are names. Right. Well, not Wash, but... But I think his name's supposed to be Washburn. Yeah, that's better. It It is one of those episodes that I can see what Joss Whedon was trying yeah. to do. I, I like the river parts of the episode. It's a river episode, and I think it does a good job of conveying who and what river is. Yeah, and I think that all of the other characters are fine. I think that the actual structure of the plot is fine. I have questions about how the bounty hunter found them. I have questions about... You know, who this guy is, what he's doing, why he's doing this, that are never satisfactorily explained or answered in a show which usually does a pretty good job at grounding this in some sort of reality or at least a believability. I mean, Jubilee sounds like somebody who's been hit on the head and has amnesia and all he really understands is that he needs to bring these people in. But that's literally all he knows. Well, it's uh, sure. But I, I, I mean, I don't even know that I got that from it. I just but, feel but like no, this, what this I'm... character came out of this episode fully yeah. formed. I don't know who he is. I mean, they try and give some sort of indication of who he is. His mother and his dog never liked it. I mean, it's yeah. just like whatever. But you that's know? just a cliched, you know. It's like, That's the thing. It's all very cliche. It's all very lazy. It's all very tiresome. You know, they have him threaten Kaylee with rape. Yeah, in a way which... Which is not something that you can do lightly. It's done too casually. I can see, you know, it, it's fine if you want to create a character as utterly monstrous as that and that's his, you know, that's how he thre- threatens her and that's a signal to the audience. This is a seriously bad person, but... Yeah, this this show didn't pack it up with weight enough. It just seems like an you know a casual threat in a way which I don't think that Whedon was quite able to give the gravitas that it needed. Right. I don't agree that it, it is given the weight that it should have. And I also feel like it. I mean, on the one hand, yes, it is more effective to have Jubal threaten to rape Kaylee yeah. than it would be to rape Zoe, for example, yeah. because Zoe would you know, do something. <laughs> she wouldn't be as scared as Kaylee was existentially. No, about but I that. mean, we've seen Kaylee in the situation where just guns were at her, where she's, you know, was completely un. I mean, she addresses that completely unable to act. And so, yeah, yeah she's probably not going to, 
you know, be capable of fighting back in that particular circumstance. But I guess what I'm left with is why this episode and why this character and why this plot? Could they for the last episode or just in general? Just in general. I mean, I don't think they even knew that this was going to be the last episode. I mean, I'm going to be honest. This feels I feel like we're we give this episode. This episode gets a lot of attention because number one, it is the last episode. It is slightly different from, but I think that's by virtue of it being a river episode. Um, And yeah, I, I think it just gets all you know. I think this was a filler episode that happens to be the final episode of the show. I, I would agree with that, yeah. I mean, it's episode, let's say it had a full 28 episode season. Uh, this would be smack dab in the middle, and it would just be an episode that you just was on. It's unfortunate timing that this is the last episode of the show that was ever produced, I think, more than anything else. You know, if, if they had gotten a couple more episodes into production, let's say if they had gotten a 16 episode order or something like that, I feel like this episode would not maybe be so aggravating. Or frankly, if they had ended with Heart of Gold, which, you know, has that moment, right. Anara leaves, and it, it is fairly, you know, a, that is kind of a cliffhanger. I... I I think we said last week, I thought that Inara wasn't even in this episode, and she is, but... Well, I do I do think that... I, I will take back what I said, because I did remember something about um, the message, which is that they, the, the crew and cast found out that the show was being canceled yeah. during the... the um, during the filming of the funeral scene at the end of the episode. Yes. And so... I don't think that, that either Heart of Gold nor Objects in Space were substantially reworked or rewritten yes. to to more give the more give the show a send off. I think that the only thing that you really see in Objects in Space that could perhaps have happened that way is the final ending montage with all the characters sort of doing different things and you've got Kaylee and River playing. Yes. You know, like that feels like the show perhaps or or Joss Whedon saying Okay, well, here's all the people. We're going to show you all the cast members one last time doing what they're doing. Yeah. And then goodbye. We'll see you later. Um, but at the same time, that could have just been the original ending of the episode. It could have been. I, I mean, mean, we've I, seen – there would... have been several moments throughout the series, maybe not so beautifully and you know definitively done, but there have been moments where this series is – I'm thinking of the scene between Anara and Mal with the cows underneath, you know, and that looks like a nice moment or – I think this is – I think that this is different if not yeah. in – if not in de- if not in kind, but at least in degree, and, and I will agree that with you. it feels more final. And I think that you know I have no actual information to back this this theory up or this analysis up, but I do feel like that particular little montage at the end was not yeah. originally in the episode. Or if it was, it was you know greatly expanded. Maybe it didn't have every single character, but you know maybe it was just Kaylee and you well, because that's not how these episodes ever end. Yeah, I mean they end very. Abruptly, usually yeah, they yeah, end yeah. on a they end on a punchline. This episode does not end on a punchline. No, this episode does not end in a way that was consistent with the way that all of the up, other episodes ended. But again, given the scene, I mean, and it is very possible given that it's just the one scene. You know, the episode could have just ended, and then you know, okay, we need one more day to reshoot this. You know, right? And we're they, done. Yeah. 
So I just, I don't know what we're supposed to really get out of this episode. I mean, I come back to the question of what does the character of, of Jubal Early really give the show? I, I don't know that it gives it much. I mean, we, obviously you know, Joss Whedon is interested in exploring ideas of, of, of existentialism and nihilism. And this is a very cold universe. Nobody really cares about you. This has been a consistent theme throughout the entire you know series, the 14 episodes that yeah. it's been on the air, you know. This is a this is a crew that is also a family that is banded together in a way because they don't fit in anywhere else, taking care of each other against the cold hard universe. But having this character come into their home and violate them in this way is yeah. one step further than maybe I'm comfortable with. And I think it could have been pulled off if the character hadn't been such a stock cliched sociopath. I wonder almost if early was intended to be a recurrer as well. I mean, he ends with him floating in space. I don't think but so. I don't think that there's any way that you could bring this character back that would really feel different. That's, they, that's they, the problem. But, but, but also... Keep in mind, I feel like this episode is written in such a way that we don't think that Jubal Early is a brilliant character. We think his philosophies are cliched. We think he's annoying. We think he's creepier than intended. But don't you get the sense that Whedon thinks he is? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I, I almost get the sense that Whedon was a little too in love with this character and was gonna he was going to appear again. Oh, I have I have no doubt that Whedon wrote a lot of this dialogue and sat back in a chair and lit up a cigar afterwards. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I and I'm not saying that Joss Whedon is not a bad writer. I just don't think that— Everyone creator, writes a stinker. <laughs> well, as the creator of this show, you look at it and you say the episodes that have been weakest have been the ones yeah. written by Joss Whedon. And again, I come back to the point that, you know, while Joss Whedon really understood Buffy the Vampire Slayer, while Joss Whedon understood Angel, I don't know that he understands yeah. Firefly. And I think that Tim Minear has a very different yes. interpretation of what the themes of this show are, what works for this show and what doesn't work for this show. And Joss Whedon comes in every, you know, six or eight episodes and writes an episode that is more in line with his yeah. initial conception of what Firefly is than the Tim Minear version. And it just comes across as very, very at odds with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's this is a much more adolescent episode than the past couple have been. And it is such a shame that it ends on such a it lo- ends on such a low note when considering we've had in the past few weeks, episodes like Trash and Heart of Gold and The Message, you know, which I both, you know, ended up really liking. Yeah. And I, well, I want to ask you this question specifically about, about Jubal, because I, I do want to engage with him as a character yeah. a little bit. Is that, I don't know, does the episode sell how easily he infiltrates the ship? Does the episode sell how fast and strong and powerful he is how no one can stop him it just seems i mean it does seem in some ways that he he does kind of get lucky and that he does i mean this is somebody who is observing everything and who uh let let's accept that everybody is at isn't that no one on this ship is at their best this day they're all dealing with you know stuff that is you know makes them not a hundred percent. So yeah, Wash is going to miss the blip, and Ka- you know Mal is going to go, and they do have a false sense of security because they're in their home. Nobody really expects to be in their home and be attacked, you know, when they see no uh, sign stores. Yeah, mean, wh- there have been several times where people have you know boarded the Serenity for unsavory purposes, and they've been ready. And however things have gone, they've at least had time to prepare. They have no but no time to prepare. He's able to get the get the drop on them one by one. And I guess you know, I, 
Early is number one, partially very, very lucky. He's very stealthy. Sure. And I think it's okay that for I, – He's I, wearing some very fetching red armor. Yeah. Um, maybe they could have made more of a deal about the tech that he has, but – Yeah, it just feels a little underbaked to me. It, it makes him out to be sort of this superhero character that, that is not really in line with, the, with the, the direction or the feel of the show. Yeah, but, you know, he's Joss Whedon's, you know, mouthpiece for his existential views. So – and I guess that's part – maybe that's part of why the rape line feels so fucking jarring because for the rest of the episode, the character is Joss Whedon just getting really stoned and just writing out his views on what things are. And then suddenly this line comes in. Are you the author's mouthpiece or not? Because either way, right. either either you've got you know either way there is this line that doesn't really fit. I mean, you can. I was about to say you can see Niska saying something like that, but no, I can't even figure Niska making that threat. No, Niska is a lot more. I liked Niska's threatening because. He was number one, a lot more clever about what he, he was threatening people. With. Well, well, in a way, I mean, I, you know, to, just to play devil's advocate for a minute, you know, it, it is possible that Joss Whedon was doing something a little more, you know, sly than that, which is kind of putting that line into 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 Jubal's mouth uh, to to indicate to the audience that that he is not a character that is as uh, confident in his sadism as perhaps he thinks he is, Maybe. and that he is. Um, I, yeah, do you get the sense I, – I, number one, I mean he makes a – it's very cl- – I do appreciate that they cre- – you know, they very clearly characterize rape as an act of violence and not sex. In oh, this yeah. case, you know, he's making it very clear like it's not something I'm going to enjoy doing but, you know, it's what, you know, has to be done, which number one does – you know, differentiate from him from Niska, who does take pleasure in hurting people and sure. does, you know, early is not sadistic. He just, you know, this is the worst punishment in a way he can think of. And it's something that, you know, she would certainly, you know, not, you know, do everything she could to avoid. Sure. But um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's an open question. I, I don't know if I if I think agree with myself playing devil's advocate on that no and i but it's it's i guess it's the kind of line that i personally don't have an answer about but it just felt it was a little more jarring than i think the episode wanted to be this was a very tone deaf episode yeah i agree with that i think that if you're going to bring up rape you have to do it in a way that is very careful and you have to do it in a way that actually uh is is important to the themes or the character or something and it just it strikes me as the kind of thing that Joss Whedon put in this person's mouth because it seemed like the most horrible thing that yeah, he could come up with. But not able to f- complete the swing. It's interesting because I know in recent years a lot of people have given Whedon flack for some stuff he's done with Marvel. I don't quite know. Yeah, the, I don't really. I have no goddamn idea. But you know, I saw I, the Avengers when it came <laughs> out, but I haven't seen any of the other ones. I, I I've read about it enough to know that you know, like I think the people who have issues with it, you know, have some legitimate concerns. Uh, again, this is me know nothing, but. I've always found this kind of weird thinking, well, this is the guy who created Buffy. Like, you know, whatever right. whatever problems existed with girl power feminism, and there were some, at the same time, you know, Buffy was very much in that vein and was very much in, you know, let's give a show with multiple female sure. characters. Sure. Let's give a show, you know, and all of those things, you know, he is somebody who has, you know, called himself a feminist, you know, looking at characters like Zoe and Anara, and we can see, you know, Again, maybe they are dated in some ways, but this is a 13-year-old show. Yeah. 
this line does this line seems more in line with the kind of things that people would have problems with you know uh, yeah I mean. no i would agree with so, that so you know maybe that makes the uh, i guess the most generous interpretation i personally have is that here's somebody who means well and every so often just critically fails yeah and with firefly he was critically failing a bunch and maybe with marvel he's failing a bunch but you know I, this is yeah i guess this is a very sour note and this makes me even less looking forward to serenity yeah yeah well we'll find out what that's like next week yeah well let's talk about river though because i think that like you said this is a river episode this is the episode that i think kind of grounds her in some sort of reality we find out not really anything but kind of it's you know this they begin to speculate and they seem to agree that she is going to be some kind of you know they were operating on her doing all of this to create her to be some kind of super spy assassin type right kind of the which also feels a little bit like dollhouse of course and certainly you could see why and it's not that far off from the concept of the slayer of course yeah Uh, you know, one thing Whedon does like, you know, supernaturally strong women in in his movies in a literal sense. Who are but, very thin and very pretty. Let's well, not forget that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that, I mean, I, one of the things that I did like about the episode until the, the introduction of Jubal is that, you know, it starts out in this weird sort of like, what is going on? Is River hearing their yeah. thoughts? Is she not hearing their thoughts? And yeah. then she picks up the gun and everyone's freaking out. And, and, and it engages with the reality of what she did at the end of War Stories. Yes. Um, I like that. That she – something like knowing that would, would be a game changer. It would be something that was discussed and it hasn't come up. But – Because I think, frankly, the only person who saw it was Kaylee. And she yeah. is – I mean obviously she, she's very intelligent. She's very mechanically inclined. Yeah, but I but think they also make it clear that she was just so scared about this that – and frankly, she wasn't really able to deal with it. She pushed it out of her mind, maybe re-rationalized it. Frankly, probably was able to forget about it because, you know, well, she's, she's been dealing she's, with other stuff. She's the youngest person on the yeah. ship except for, for River. And, you know, there is an element to Kaylee which is still immature. And yes. so I don't know that she necessarily wanted to deal with this until she had yeah, to. Yeah, and now she has to. And I think you – yeah, you can see her hoping, all right, maybe if I don't say anything, it will never happen again and no one will worry and it's River and we'll be okay and – you know, this is coming back to bite her. But that, you know, again, that is generally how Firefly seems like it was going to do continuity. Yeah, and I feel like if that episode... I mean, there seems to be an indication, at least in a lot of the episodes on Firefly's part, that, you know, every episode... I think pretty much every episode has some sort of external threat. And I think that maybe they could have not done this with this episode. If if this episode had not featured a bounty hunter at all, if it had started out in the same way, and if it had had them talk... I mean, the scene where they're all talking about River and yeah. what she did, and River is listening to them, obviously, uh, 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 you know, secretly, is that that would have grounded the episode, I think, in a, in a more realistic place. And I think those scenes where it's the crew sitting around talking about what she did, about having a dialogue... And them, you know, trading ideas about what happened and theories about what happened and, you know, is she a psychic or not? You know, all yeah. these kind of weird things. Um, even though, again, I think that the line about that sounds a little sci-fi, well, honey, you live on a starship was a little too on the nose. Yeah. But, you know. And so for me, I think that... The- you know, when, the thing they did with the alien and the other in the message, I think it was, was a clever way of saying, you know, this isn't your typical science fiction show, but it is science fiction. Well, you know, it and- seems... It, the, the line seems very... 
it, it, it's very sort of small minded to me because science fiction is not about spaceships. Science yeah. fiction is about you know the future, about all kinds of different things. Well, I mean, I, I and, mean, number one, I kind of take in it a, and... in a universe where it's a little too meta for me because in a universe which has space travel and all the, these kind of technologies, science fiction would still exist. It just wouldn't be about spaceships. Yeah, but but at the same time, I mean, you know, we. How, how many times have we talked, looked at our smartphones and say, oh, my God, we live in the future? You know, I kind of take it from a similar uh, line Yeah, but we've also that. had smartphones for less than 10 years. That's true. And also <laughs> we do have, you know, we, we haven't moved planets. I mean, we, we were still staying on the same place that's publishing. Yeah. 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 It's fair. Um, but again, that's Whedon being clever. A little too clever. Yeah. Well, that's Whedon. We 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 came away from the, we're coming away from this with a uh, with a little distaste for him. I, I think so. Yeah, which I, is interesting. It, I remember. I don't remember if you talked about this, but I know when you and I first met, we were talking a little bit about Firefly, and you said like, "Oh, it feels like Firefly was the show that you know he was really building up to. Was really excited after he did you know Buffy and Angel. He was creating this whole new universe, and it got fucked around, and that kind of broke him. Now after that conversation, you know, Dollhouse went on for another year or two, but and then of course his entire Marvel career happened, but." I think it's really interesting that we seem to come away from this where, no, Whedon didn't come out broken. Whedon broke this any time he touched it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's true, actually. And and it, it is interesting that he – I don't know. I don't feel – I feel like Joss Whedon is one of those people that seemed to have a really good idea initially. Yeah. Did a good job on Buffy and, and maybe just that was his thing. Everyone, you know, some people just have one really big thing. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I guess we'll see what Serenity's like next week. But well, I guess we maybe have the, to. <laughs> yes, we have to. Um, I guess the final thing to talk about before we wrap this episode of tuning it up is just uh, how the episode is is resolved and how Ri- this whole thing about River being in the ship obviously is not yeah. true. And she's on the, sh- you know, she's she's very smart. And she, I mean, I like the fact that Jubal is undone by River. Yeah, and this is River act. This is River being in a, in complete control where she is able to handle her 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 abilities and her madness in a way which yes. you know and she uses it very cleverly because you know this is the thing that you know the crazy weird girl will do, would do and you know she is acting more chaotic than she actually seems to be feeling in this just to destabilize the situation and to you know, because, you know, Jubal comes in as this weird force who is disconcerting everybody, and he's able to get much more disconcerted than him, and she isn't even in the same room with him during the entire episode. And I think, yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think the other the other really smart thing about that, I mean, I, I will give, you know, Joss Whedon credit where credit is due, yeah. is that, you know, it, it, Jubal Early is able to, you know, pretty much dispatch with, with everybody else very quickly, locking them in their quarters, yeah. you know, knocking a, a book out, tying up Kaylee in the engine room, you know, kind of having Simon follow him around. Um, then he puts on a shirt, which is very sad for me. Hey. Um, and and then of course you know River is the one character that is is the most kind of a black box. We don't know that much about her physically. She's very unprepossessing, but she is able to uh, uh, very quickly 
yeah. get away from him, figure out exactly how to stop him, and it, it comes up with a plan. I love that her plan, by the way, and you know, is a callback to how much she loves spacewalking. You know, she, she, she of course, her, her plan involves strapping on a suit and going outside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I also really like that we've seen plans like this a few times. They'll pretend that they're going to sell out one of their crew. They will pretend that they're going along with the bad guy's plan just to get him into a false sense of security. I mean, that's the exact, you know, in the message, for example, that what they're going to do, they are going to pretend that, uh, oh, we're going to give it up to you, get him on the ship, and then Book's going to do his magic. Uh, yeah. The, you know, River saying, oh, I'm going to give up, you know, and then while Jubal's going to get her, Mal ends up, you know, kicking him into space. And I love how, you know, she she and Mal are able to click onto that wavelength immediately. It's interesting how... She's the one who's only sort of there, and she and Mal really haven't had too many conversations together. Yeah. But they're on the same wavelength. Simon doesn't even get it. And, you know, she's even, you know, she even makes fun of him for not getting it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But I think also it's, that Simon, you know, I, I like Simon in this episode because he's very calm and I think he's yes. come a long way. And you can tell the character has come a long way in just these 14 episodes. Oh, yes. You know, I mean, he's very, very preternaturally calm with yeah. everything that's going on and i think that he you know he's, he's i think he knows number one to a degree that he's he he figures out that jubal has decided that he needs simon and that he's not going to kill him for a while yet right he knows certainly jubal is capable of violence and he doesn't want to poke the bear too much but he knows that for the time being he's safe and all his efforts are going to you know he's going to try and figure out his moment I yeah mean, yeah you get the sense almost that Jubal is even looking forward to that moment, the way he, you know, says, oh, you'll have a moment, you can get a drop on me, and when he's standing, he, he's, you get the sense he's standing by the edge to provoke him almost when he says, this isn't your moment, like, yeah. Yeah, which is also another indication that, that, that Jubal is a bit more adolescent and show-off-y than, yeah. than perhaps he was intended to be. And that's fair. Again, I wish there had been... For somebody who made his living for a while doing script rewrites, I wish somebody had written, rewritten this, you know, Whedon script uh, because he needed a script doctor for this. Yeah, maybe like Diablo Cody. That would be cool. <laughs> Honest to blog if your sister doesn't get here. <laughs> All right, calm down. And then you have, you know, instead of her voice reverberating on the ship, they're talking through hamburger phones. Yeah, exactly. I think that's it. <laughs> We have Serenity, the movie, left to go, and and then maybe we'll talk a little bit more about Firefly as a whole experience okay. in that episode. I will say, you know, we, let's get just one more final instance of Anara's disease watch. Uh, the the thing that River hears from her is her saying, I'm a big girl, just tell me, which seems like something she'd be telling to a doctor who's dancing around a diagnosis. I really like this theory. Okay. Also, you lied to me. You said that she was gone. I, fr- I told. Yeah, I mis- I had forgotten about that. Yeah, of course she did. Well, what does she do? Misdirection. Um, she. Doesn't... No, I missed her goodness. She doesn't do anything except looked look good. I guess as she always did. Well, oh, I. You know, we should say that the, finally, the, maybe the last thing before we wrap this up is, um, the one moment that Jubal I think really comes across as as effective or or interesting. Um, is that, you know, Inara tries essentially to seduce him. To companion him. And uh, he doesn't fall for it. (laughs) So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. That that is fair. That is one of the few moments that he was an interesting It's one of the few moments that he actually feels like a real person. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, if you have any thoughts on the episode we just discussed, Objects in Space, please leave a comment on the post for this episode at tuninginshow.com. Check out our Patreon if you've been enjoying this podcast, this first season, let's call it, of, of Tuning In, uh, at patreon.com slash truckaboutshow. And if you d- didn't enjoy it, you can become a patron anyway, and maybe we'll do a better job. There you go. Give us... <laughs> Give us money to improve. Give us some, some, some you know, whatever you call that. Uh, a bribe? Enc- encouragement. A bribe, yeah. We'll go with yes, that. Yes, please bribe us to do better things. And, of course, also check out our other podcast, Truck About, where we are now uh, still talking about DS9, but uh, not for too much longer. We're on social media, Tuning In Show, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And, as always, please leave Tuning In a positive iTunes review. Mm. It is very, very helpful to find new listeners, especially if you've been enjoying the show. If you can't give us money, and we understand that not everybody can, that would be a way that you can show your love and support for us. Next week. Nudie pictures are good, too. Sure, but only if you look like Simon. Yes. Um, so whatever that actor is, if you're listening or to Shepherd this. Or Shepard Book. You would, you know, uh, yeah, I'd go with that. Really, if you look like anybody on Firefly. Any of the male. Any of the characters. males. Not, not anything against women. I, I love women, uh, but I just don't want to sleep with well, them. Well, maybe not Niska. If you look like Niska, please. No, no, don't do that. Although, I know a guy who would be interested in those. So if you look like Niska, I will forward them on to the appropriate people. All right, now that we've uh, had a nice little conversation about our listeners sending us pornography. Uh, of themselves. Of themselves. Selfies. Next week, we're wrapping up this first season of Tuning In by talking about the 2004 movie, I believe. Wow. Or maybe 2005. I don't remember exactly it when it came six. out. No, it wasn't that late. Huh. Uh, Serenity, which uh, wraps up the whole Firefly thing and... I don't remember. No, it. no, no. There's a tabletop RPG and a board game Great. and an MMO. Wonderful. All of which we will be covering. No, that is not true. Uh, yeah, so we'll be talking about Serenity. So join us for that. And then also join us for the end of that episode where we reveal what we're doing the next week on the beginning of the next installment of Tuning In. I'm really excited to find out. This is Mac. Why do you...